said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And here's our text verse for the day, verse number 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, once again for your word tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you've allowed us to come back to this text and try to finish uh, what we started this morning. And I pray, God, that you would uh, make it fresh in our hearts. And, God, help us to cut out the unnecessary things and only give what you want given tonight in this sermon. We'll love what you do. We'll love you. And thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I remind you this evening of what I gave you this morning. There is identification in verse 1 and 2. He identify, identifies who is in this text and where this takes place. Of course, we know it is the house of Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and it is in the town of Bethany. We note in verse number 3 the invitation, how Lazarus was sick and how they called out to the Lord. And we rejoice in the fact that when we are in trouble, when we are in distress, the psalmist said, In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and He heard me. Aren't you glad we have somebody to cry out to when nobody else understands, when nobody else can comprehend, and nobody else uh, can uh, can and uh, sympathize with us. I'm glad we have one that we can call out to. And then we noted the intentions in verse number 4. Jesus said uh, that this sickness was not unto death, but for the glory of God. We emphasize that the word unto uh, means to the advantage of. Death was not going to win in the life of Lazarus. He may die, uh, but he wouldn't stay dead. Amen. And I may die one day, but I'm glad that he is the resurrection and the life. And one day, uh, even though my soul will be in heaven, He will resurrect this body. It will be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, we shall all be changed. Amen. And I thank God for that. But then we are dealing with the information in verse number 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And we're preaching on the thought today, who does the Lord love? We talked about Jesus has global love. For God so loved the world. He has giving love. Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. And He has great love. Paul said He loved me and gave Himself for me. God's love was initiated. 1 John 4, 19. Uh, we love Him. Why? Because He first loved us. Aren't you glad God took the first step towards you uh, before you were ever thinking about God. Amen. His love was illustrated. 1 John 3.16 Hereby we perceive the love of God because He laid down His life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for of the brethren. His love was incredible but God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. His love was imparted. The love of God was shed abroad in our hearts. How about you? But I'm glad Jesus loves me. This I know. Isn't the love of Jesus something wonderful? Aren't you glad tonight uh, that Jesus, you know, y'all love me, at least I hope you do, and I love y'all, uh, but y'all don't know everything about me, and I don't know everything about y'all. If we knew everything about one another, uh, that might uh, cause our love to be a little tainted. Oh, uh, but Jesus, He knows all about us. He knows every fault, every failure we have, uh, but He loves us anyway. Amen. That's what real love is, and I thank God for that tonight. The love of Jesus. Jesus is wonderful. But this word love, as I mentioned this morning in our text, 
It is the Word that gives the idea to be well pleased with. Jesus loves everybody. We agree with that. He don't love their sin. Uh, he don't love the wickedness of their lifestyle. But He loves the individual. He loves their soul. We just preached a few weeks ago a series on holiness. And we talked about how God hates sin. Uh, but God loves the sinner. Amen. And when I, you ought to thank God for that. Because uh, when we were out Christ in due time, Christ died uh, for the ungodly, Paul said. But... Even though you love somebody, you're not always well pleased with them. We use the illustration with children. How about husbands and wives? You love them, but sometimes they get on your everlasting nerve. Amen. I get more amens off that than I do the rapture, Calvary, or the resurrection. Amen. I'm just, but, but you know, you just kind of, and, and you know, husbands and wives know what buttons to press. You know, all these people are like, we have such a perfect marriage. They're a bunch of liars what they are. They're the same ones that they have perfect kids. And, uh, you know, you know why your marriage is not perfect? Because you're not perfect and you're married to somebody else who is imperfect. When two imperfect people get together, you're not going to have something perfect. Can I get an amen out of that? But you love them, amen? And you may not always be happy with them, uh, but you love them. You know, we was talking today about at lunch, I asked Grace, said, y'all get any new houses today after what a preacher on having to clean the house? And she said, no. She said, but, you know, uh, we was talking about, you know, how people all just take out the trash. She said, I take out the trash. I said, yeah, a woman's version of taking out the trash is taking it out of the trash can, tying it to the bag, and putting it at the back door. Help me out now, fellas. Ain't that right? And that, but you know what? We shouldn't complain. That's why God put us here. Amen. To pay the bills and take the trash out. All right? And to get blamed for everything. Somebody help me. Amen. If I touch the heart here tonight, you know, I need to give an invitation. Okay? But, but we love one another. But you know, sometimes you just, you know, you just like, you know. Somebody asks, uh, I never get this way, but that's why Grace treats me. Amen. <laughs> Do I have any other abused husbands here tonight? All right. Amen. Boy, I'm feeling it tonight. Amen. I have picked the right sermon. Amen. They asked Mays Jackson's wife, Miss Dot, they said, have you ever thought about divorce? She said, divorce? No. Murder? Yes. You'll get that after a while. But you know, even though our children may not always do what we want to do and our husbands or your wives or whatever the case might be may not do what y'all you still love them because there's something beyond that you know jesus loves us tonight you want to thank god for that but i want him to love me with a well-pleasing i want him to look at my life and say boy i love that i love that he did that i i, I love that he he thought enough of that and we're talking about mary and martha and lazarus how there are characteristics in each one of their lives that I believe Jesus loved. We emphasize this morning, first of all, that Jesus loves the worker that will labor for Him. And that's pictured in Martha. We talked about... Talked about how Martha was a servant. How Martha saw a need and she filled a need. Let me say this tonight. Everybody in this church ought to be serving. Somebody said, well, I'm going to wait to be served. No, 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 no. You got that backwards. You're not supposed to be waiting to be served. You're supposed to find somebody to serve. It don't matter how old you are, how young you are. Everybody ought to be served. You know, you never get out of an age bracket where you shouldn't be served. You know, ain't nobody in this building too big to wipe down a table, uh, to take out the trash, uh, or whether you're a lady to put it at the back door, or if you're a man to actually put it in the trash can. Everybody ought to be involved in that. It shouldn't be where I'm too young or I'm too old. I'm not talking about physical incapability. I'm just talking about some people think, well, I've done enough. No, nobody has done enough. Nobody's ever done enough. 
Somebody that don't want to serve is somebody that is selfish. If you want to be served, you need to ask God to help you with your pride and arrogant spirit and ask God to give you a servant's heart and a servant's mindset to help somebody else. There used to be a song years ago, Lord, I want to be a blessing to someone today. But we're living in a day and age, Lord, I want somebody to be a blessing to me today because I'm consumed with me and I'm lifted up with me. Hey, honey, it ain't all about you. Amen. We don't get up every morning thinking, what can I do to make him or her happy? Amen. I know y'all. some of y'all are having a hard time, but that ain't what it's about. We ought not have... You know, you can't be a servant and be selfish. You can't be spirit-filled. Are you listening to me? You can't be spirit-filled and be selfish. It's impossible. Amen. And so Martha, even though I know that she complained about Mary, I get that. I know she was cumbered about with much service. I get all that. But thank God somebody was doing something. Thank God somebody was involved. Some, I, I preach in some churches, Brother Richie, you're going to see it when y'all go on the road. I mean, the buildings are filthy. The fellowship halls look like a garage sale. I mean, the floors are dirty. It's not been vacuumed. It's not been mopped. The windows ain't been cleaned. There's spider webs hanging and spiders looking down the service going, hi. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just nasty. That ought not be the, that ought to be the case. That ought to be the case. It involves people serving and doing something. So Jesus is well pleased with the worker that will, that will labor for him. But number two, I also want us to note tonight that Jesus loves the worshiper that will love him. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister. We know that her sister is Mary. The Bible said in Luke 10 verse number 39, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard His Word. If we were to look in John chapter 12 and verse number 3, uh, it talks about Mary taking that pound of ointment and, and anointing the Lord Jesus. And thank God for those people. Jesus loves those workers uh, that will labor for Him, uh, but Jesus loves those worshipers that will love on Him. Amen. I thought about this with Mary. Number one, she she embraced His words. She embraced His words. What is the first thing we find Mary doing oh, when we find her in the Bible? She is sitting at the feet of Jesus. She is hearing His words. I submit to you tonight that you will never worship God until you have a love for the Word of God. we got a lot of churches and we got a lot of meetings. There will be a lot of uh, camps going on this summer. Uh, uh, both this week and last week and in the weeks to come. Thank God not where we're going. Oh, but all they want to do is have a glorified concert. All they want to do is sing for two hours and not open a Bible and not have any preaching. Oh, but they want to call it worship. I'm telling you, if we're not embracing the Word of God, if we're not putting the proper emphasis on God's Word and the proper emphasis on the preaching of God's Word, there might be praise going on, but there won't be any worship going on. Brother Rich, you will not find Mary worshiping Jesus until after she spent time at the feet of Jesus hearing His words. She embraced the Word. I'm convinced the reason that we have so much praise and worship, which is nothing more than glorified flesh and lifting up the flesh for the Tony, is because there is a lack of the preaching of the Word of God. Preachers have just got lazy is the problem. You know, preaching, preaching is not an easy task. 
putting together three to four sermons a week is not easy. You do the math three times. I mean, that's over almost 200 sermons a year. If you do three to four sermons like I do a week, I'm not counting when I go out on the road. I don't always preach something I preach before. Sometimes God will give me something uh, directly for that church or for that meeting that I'm in. I've got sermons I've never preached here uh, that God has specifically for the road for a specific service. But I'm telling you, there's a lot of labor in that. I'm telling you, preachers just got lazy. Amen. They, they could pump up a service, prime it up. Hey, I thank God for the service we had around here last Sunday night. It broke out, but I wasn't pumping. I wasn't, I had a sermon. I had my Bible up, my sermon out ready to go, and the Lord just did not give me liberty to preach that sermon. But you know what I've done the last 25 weeks? Every service I've got up, or he's got up, or a guest preacher's got up, and they've opened that Bible, and they've declared the Word of God. We spent time embracing God's Word, being educated by God's Word, hearing God's Word, loving God's Word, and if we'll do that, worship will break out. You know, we have this mentality that we can only worship during the singing. That ain't right. We're supposed to be worshiping from the first amen to the final amen. You know, you ought to worship God during the preaching. There's a lot of guys that all they want to do is with the intellect, and we got some guys all they want to do is the emotions. Both of them are wrong. I'm aiming for both. I'm aiming for your intellect because I want you to think. But your emotions will be engaged when you begin to think about what God's done for you. That will engage your emotions. So when I take a text and I'll walk through down there and show you what Jesus has done for you, that I am preaching to your, to your mind. I am showing your mind. Here's what Jesus has done. And long you look at that, that emotion, that soul, uh, begin, that spirit begins to stir up in your heart. Amen. Some guys, all they want to deal with the, with the emotional side. Some guys only want to deal with the mental side. Uh, but I want to use that two-edged soul. It is the divider of the soul and spirit. Amen. I want God uh, to take what I know and put it down in my heart so I can worship Him. Here's what Jesus said. Uh, God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. That's the emotion. And truth. That's the mind. That mind responds to that book right there, son. Amen. It responds. Truth is the Word of God. Spirit is that man on the inside, that, that new man. The Spirit of God on the inside that says, Amen. That is right. What that Bible says is true. And something stirs up in your soul. Uh, you may raise your hand. You may say, Amen. It may be something different. Tears might reach the, Your tears uh, might reach the throne room. But whatever it is, there ought to be a response. There ought to be an embracing of the Word of God. Hey, I tell you, God never meant for church to be a Southern God concert. Hey man, I've had it up to here with that. I like good singing. I do. I do. I don't hear much of it anymore. Hey man, Most of these people you hear on the radio are supposed to be good singers. I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's horrible. That sounds like a cat getting beat with a ball bat in a hailstorm. Somebody help me. Hey man, Somebody said, that's judging. You're exactly right that's judging. Y'all pray for me. I'm just telling you. I, and people want to, and, and I get aggravated because they got their little show. I'm talking about Southern Gospel singers too, amen. I blow contemporary music out, but I'll preach against Southern Gospel music too. It ain't nothing but a performance and a show. And, and you know, they throw their head back and they're pointing at one another. And, you know, they're doing their little routine and telling the same jokes they've told for the last 200 uh, straight services. Uh, we get tired of that. Somebody help me, amen. Uh, just get up and sing and get out of the way. Let somebody get up and open a Bible and preach, amen. Amen. I, I got I to be careful because I'll make somebody mad. Not here, but meetings going on where they want to book in Southern Gospel groups and they have seven minutes of preaching. That ain't right. 
That ain't right at all. Amen. And then they want to sing for an hour and have two seven-minute messages. That ain't right. That ain't right at all. God said He chose up by the foolishness of preaching. God ain't never called anybody to sing the gospel. He called them to preach the gospel. Amen. You won't find, I'll read every page of this, oh, I won't, this is a nice Bible. I'll read every page of his Bible if, uh, if you can show me where God called somebody to be a singer. God calls preachers. Amen. And y'all know that. But Paul told Timothy in the last days uh, that they're going to heat themselves teachers having itching ears. You know what? They long to be entertained. Tell me something. Make me feel good. That made me feel, here, but here, if you don't believe me, here's what Paul said. He said, I charge thee therefore uh, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at the appearing in His kingdom. Preach the Word. Be in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Bingo! Ding, 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 ding. That's not messenger going off. That's where we're living at today. They will not endure sound doctrine. It never said they enjoyed it. They just endured it. But it's going to come a time when they ain't going to want to endure it anymore. But after their own lust, they shall heap themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Here's what Paul said, Timothy, oh, there's coming a day when they're not going to hear preaching anymore. Oh, they want to get and be entertained. Oh, they want to be told how good they are. Oh, they want some preacher to get up and show them a movie and then give them a little thought five-minute devotion of that movie. I hadn't forgot about that. I know some of y'all forgot. He didn't say nothing about that. I'm talking about the cove up here. Amen. I'm just telling you tonight, uh, they want to They want to uh, be entertained. But here's what Paul said in light of that. He said, but watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. He said, even when the generation don't want to hear it, just keep on preaching. When they don't like it, just keep on preaching. Oh, when they want to be entertained, just keep on preaching. When they don't, when they don't want to hear it, just keep on preaching. They have a longing for entertainment. They have a loss of estimation. And But I'm telling you, there's got to, they have a lack of endurance. But Paul said, preach the Word. Oh, before Mary ever broke that alabaster box, she spent time hearing the Word of the Lord. We ain't going to get off Mary tonight. I guess we'll just take each service and deal with each one of them. I'll preach Lazarus Wednesday night. Alright, that'll be alright. I'm just telling you, she embraced worship. His word before her worship broke out. Not only did she embrace his words, but she examined his worth. I'm talking about for worship to break out, there's got to be an embracing of his word. Oh, how I love thy law. But then there needs to be an examination of his worth. You know why she worshiped him? Because she was worth something to him. Hey, man, is he worth anything to you tonight? Does he mean anything to you tonight? Here's Mary. I mean, and I know we're fast-forwarding to John 12. The Lord gives this parenthetical verse uh, in verse number 2 uh, that it was that same Mary uh, that anointed the Lord's uh, feet and washed His feet with her hair uh, with that spikener, with that alabaster box. Here's Mary. Uh, she's. Uh, we, we know the story. Here, I like Dr. Daryl Hayes. He'll be here in October. He said, he said Mary, uh, they was having a get-together. They was celebrating that. 
that Lazarus was out of the grave. He wasn't dead anymore. And they're going to have a fellowship dinner. This is what Dr. Hayes said. He says they're going to have a fellowship dinner uh, down at Simon the leper's house. And so here's Brother Hayes said uh, that Mary was the best potato salad maker in Bethany. And everybody wanted Mary to bring her potato salad to Bethany. That's not in the Bible, but Dr. Hayes said it, and he's God's man. Amen. And he said, so you see Mary, she's getting everything together at the house. Uh, she's making her dish together. Uh, she's getting that. She's getting boiling her eggs and or boiling her potatoes, not her eggs, getting all that stuff together. I don't like potatoes. I don't know what goes in. No offense, Carolyn. Uh, but, but she's putting all that stuff together. And she's got that paprika on the top and she's wrapping it in cellophane and she's going out the door and Dr. Hayes said, the Lord, the Lord, Holy Spirit of God whispered and said, where are you going to take him? She said, well, I ain't thought about that. She, and the Spirit said, hadn't he been good to you? Oh, yeah. He got my brother out of the grave. I've heard his words. He's been really good to me. He's been really kind to me. What could I take him? I mean, I don't have time to stop at the store. I don't have time. Amazon Prime, Prime Days didn't have anything this week. Oh, what could I take him? She thought about that alabaster box up in the closet. That alabaster box was over a year's wages. It was most likely the dowry from her father. And that, and that would be given uh, to the man uh, that, that took her hand in marriage. That would be symbolized. She would give that to her husband and say, you're the only one in my life. And so what she does, she gets that, she gets that alabaster box. Dr. Hayes, this is all Dr. Hayes, okay? She grabs that alabaster box off the shelf and she goes down to Simon the leper's house. And Lazarus and Simon the leper sit at the table. Martha's in the kitchen cooking hamburgers and french fries. And Simon's sitting at the table and looks at Lazarus and says, Lazarus, I sure do love Jesus. I was a leper. I was an outcast. I was away from my family. I couldn't find any hope. Oh, but Jesus came by my way one day and He cleansed me and He put my family back together and I was on the outcast. Oh, but now I'm seated at the table. I wasn't supposed to be around anybody. Oh, I sure do love Jesus. And Lazarus said, boy, that ain't nothing. I was dead. And in the grave four days I was stinking. And one day I heard His voice saying, Lazarus come forth. And I come up out of the grave. Simon, I love Jesus too. And all of a sudden somebody sneaks up behind Jesus and she breaks that alabaster box and tears are pouring down her face. And there it says, I love Him too. He's been faithful to me. He's been good to me. He's, been, he's answered my prayer. He got my brother out of the grave. He's met my needs. I've heard his words. He is worth something. I'm going to tell you tonight, if you're ever going to worship Jesus, you got to step back and examine His worth to you. Here's what Peter said. Unto you therefore which believe, He is precious. Is He not precious tonight? Is He not wonderful tonight? Is He not worth your testimony? Is He not worth an amen? Is He not worth a song? Is He not worth a praise the Lord? Is He not worth an uplifted hand? Is He not worth, amen, a being faithful to the house of God, I'm telling you tonight, we must consider His affection, amen, His acts towards us, His ability, His blessings, His Bible, His blood, His cross, His care, His consistency, His church, His devotion, His dominion, amen, His divinity, His existence, His expertise, His establishment, His faithfulness, His friendship, His favor, His forgiveness. I'm talking about examining His Word, His grace. His goodness, His greatness, His glory, His glory, and His God, His humility, His holiness, His help, His hope, His interest, His involvement, His intervention, His journey, how far He went from earth to glory, and His joy that was set before Him. He endured the 
cross. Amen. His kindness. His keeping. His, his kindred. Amen. I'm a part of His family. Amen. His love. I'm just bragging on Jesus. I'm just examining His worth for a second. His love. His love. He lifted my burdens. His location. He's seated on the throne. His mercy. His majesty. His memory. Because He forgets my sin. Oh, but He's not unrighteous to forget my works and labors of love. His nearness. His nowness. And He's never going to leave me. His obedience to the death of the cross. His ordaining. His power. His peace. His patience. His provisions. His quickening. His quickness. His qualifications. Amen. His redemption. His reach. His rest. His ransom. His realness. His spirit. His scriptures. I'm just examining His words. Amen. His truth. His tears. His touch. His understanding. His undertaking. And He's undefeated. Amen. His visions was marred. His victory was won. And His vote. He chose me. Thank God. His word. His will. His way. And His wonders. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light. His zeal. He has zero failures. And He's a zillion other things. Amen. Here's what Mary did uh, before she ever worshipped Jesus. She embraced the words. Uh, but then she examined what He meant to her. What does Jesus mean to you tonight? Amen. Does He mean anything to you? Amen. Is He precious to you? I'm going to tell you why we don't worship Him. Because we don't embrace His words. And we don't examine His worth. Amen. Here's the last thing. She expressed her worship. When Mary embraced the Word of God, and when Mary examined His worth, amen, does He mean anything to you tonight? I mean, He's been faithful. He's been kind. Amen. He's, he's answered prayers He shouldn't have answered. He's met needs He didn't have to do. He's gave us things uh, that were not needs but were wants. And He's been faithful in all that regard. Y'all examine that worth tonight. Amen. Over in Matthew chapter 2, those wise men come and they worship the Lord Jesus. But He hasn't done anything yet. He hasn't opened the blinded eyes. He hasn't raised the dead. He hasn't cleansed the lepers. He hasn't walked on the water. He hasn't calmed the storm. He hasn't got Lazarus out of the grave yet. He's not died on the cross and rose again. He hasn't done anything yet. Matthew 2. He's just a two-year-old boy uh, sitting down in the house. Uh, but those wise men uh, were not worshiping Jesus for what He had done. Uh, they were worshiping Jesus because of who He was. We praise God for His mighty acts. That's what He does. Uh, but we worship Him for who He is. We ought to magnify Him. We ought to worship Him. We ought to praise Him. We ought to examine His worth. Embrace His worth. Examine His worth. And then she expressed her worship. What'd she do with that alabaster box? What'd she do with that? What'd she do with that? She she poured it on the Lord Jesus. Now what here's what she did not do. She did not do what a lot of us would do. She didn't pour what she could afford. She didn't say, okay, he means a little to me. That's what some of y'all do in the offering. You just give enough to get your conscience by. Hello. Amen. This is her livelihood. That's all she got. Amen. In that, in that, that culture, women didn't have much, much of income in that culture. She didn't do a little dab. She wasn't that, boy, that brittle cream, a dab will do you. No, she didn't do that. She walked up and she poured it all. You know why she poured it all? Because he's worthy of it all. Here's what the psalmist said. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and half and most... <laughs> 
knowing all that is within me. Bless His holy name. I'm done. You know, when you give your all, I gave this years ago, when you give your all, there's nothing left. What are you holding back from God? You know, when you give your all, there's nothing lost. You can't lose anything that you give away because you gave it away. When you give your all, there's nothing limited. That, that, that boy gave the Lord them five loaves and two fish, and there was no limitation what God could do with what he gave because he gave his all. When you give your all, there's nothing lacking. That boy went home with 12 baskets. Paul said, God shall supply all your need according to riches and glory. And when you give your all, there's nothing larger. Jesus over in the temple that day. Watch them people give their offerings. Them rich people coming through, dumping their money in there, trying to impress everybody. That little widow walked by, dropped in two mites. Jesus said, hang on, hold up. She's given more than all these others. They gave out of their abundance, but she gave of her all. Jesus loves that. Jesus, Jesus loves those that don't care what anybody, Mary didn't care what Judas thought. Judas tried to rebuke her in John 12. He didn't care what she thought. And she didn't care what he thought. She just worshipped him because I don't care what you say. He's been good. He's been too good to me. Our flesh hinders us from worshiping and testifying and giving the Lord glory. But y'all remember what he's done. How faithful he's been. How good he's been in your life. Who does Jesus love? He loves that worker that will labor for him. And he loves that worshiper that will love on him. Now we'll get to Lazarus Wednesday night. But I didn't say this this morning, but I want to get to this. Jesus loved all three of these people. But these three people were not exempt from disease, death, or disappointment. Lazarus got sick. He died. And they were disappointed that he didn't show up when they called. You can do everything right and your world still fall apart. But remember this. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Even though he didn't do like he thought, they thought he should have. He still loved them. I want to be that laborer that will work for him. I want to be busy. But then I want to be that worshiper that will love on him. Isn't he wonderful tonight? Isn't he great? Sing this with me. There is a name I love to hear. I love to sing its worth. It sounds like music in my ear. The sweetest name on earth. Stand and sing. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Sing now. So, how I love Jesus. Here's why. Because He first loved me. Oh, how I love Jesus. Do you love Him tonight? Oh, how I love G. Examine His worth. Embrace His word. Express that worship. Jesus, because He first loved... Play a little bit of that, Brother Matthew. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight.
Maybe you need to come examine His worth. Maybe you just need to come thank Him. I quote it all the time, Brother Buster Seaton said, I'd rather say thank you and not mean it as to mean it and not say it. Amen. Maybe God spoke to your heart.